When someone confesses that they've had a problem with pornography, your first reaction might be to respond strongly, maybe even negatively. Um, I can't believe you do something like that, but shaming isn't what God would do. Uh, God's grace is what we should be leaning into at that moment. I'm John Fuller, joined by Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife Erin. They lead our marriage department. And uh, Greg, in terms of this particular struggle, pornography, why is it um, so toxic for the person who has struggled to have um, a shame kind of driven response by by someone else? Yeah, because shame causes people to avoid vulnerability and relationships. So think about go all the way back to the beginning, Adam and Eve in the garden after they sin. Yeah. What did they want to do? They instantly wanted to hide. They they severed, in some ways, the relationship with, with God. And so part of it, when we feel shameful, we want to get away from that person who's shaming us. God wasn't shaming them. I'm saying it's human nature, though, yes. to avoid relationship when we feel shame. It, the other part of that, though, John, is that avoiding vulnerability. I think shame leads people to hide um, to kind of self-conceal, uh, to suppress their emotions. And, and so they, they end up keeping their thoughts and their feelings wrapped up inside. And so, you know, unfortunately, we lose out relationally, and then we don't get to view inside that person mm-hmm. if we're using shame. Yeah. So let's go ahead and listen to the conclusion of a conversation Jim Daly and I had with Rosie McKinney, who walked through a pornography addiction with her own husband. You uh, point to how Jesus dealt with women who were ensnared in sexual immorality. The examples we have in the New Testament describe those, and what what's the flavor of that as Jesus uh, talked with them? Well, isn't it fascinating that the only time Jesus focused on sexual sin, it was always a woman? Mm. And I find that fascinating because we sort of assume that it's guys who struggle with that, and women don't. But the Bible clearly shows us, and Jesus, you know, again, ahead of his time, showed us that women are just as capable of struggling with sexual sin. So we have the um, woman caught in adultery. He didn't shame her, but he didn't negate the the severity of her sin. He confronted her with it, you know, with love and said, go your way and sin no more. He told the woman at the well who had had multiple affairs, probably a love addict. You can be addicted to relationships as well. They produce the same happy chemicals. Um, He told her everything she ever did. He saw her. He saw her in her sexual sin. And she became a tremendous evangelist. I mean, that makes no sense in the natural. Mm -hmm. So someone just showed me all my sin and now I go and share it. I suppose that's what I'm doing, isn't it? I do identify well, with Well, it's pretty profound. I mean, it impacts yeah. you because Jesus called you out and then you dealt with it. But that's the thing about being fully known and fully loved. And you can't be fully known and fully loved unless you reveal who you fully are. Yeah. And that's where I want to go toward the end here is what are those next steps? Um, I'm sure this broadcast is going to stir the pot. Yeah. You know, some couples are going to hear this. I can imagine a wife is going to listen to this and... She's going to be at home tonight. The couple's getting ready for bed. Guess what I heard on Focus today? Do you struggle with that? And now he's got to answer one way or the other. He may cover up or he may say, I do. And when we look at the data, it's likely he is. And that's what's startling. The question is, what are those next steps? Let's assume that conversation is going to happen today because they heard this program. Yeah. Well, I would say 
a good way to start that conversation is to throw us under the bus and say, oh, I was listening to this podcast and it mentioned that guys who do this are in bondage and they're really fearful of coming forward. When was the last time you looked at it? Mm. Not do you, because in their heads they can go, oh, I don't really struggle. No, I, I don't really. And you go, no, when and how often? But come at it from a, a position of, I want to see whether we have this problem. There's something wrong with the intimacy in our relationship. You don't seem happy. I want to I want to investigate whether this is a problem in our marriage. So the next steps are you need to find help. You need to find the right help. Your job is not to fix him. Remember, you didn't cause this. You can't control this and you certainly can't cure it. Your job is not to fix him, but to get him to somebody who can mm. and get yourself to somebody who can as well. So um, there are tools. There's a pathway. It's a really narrow pathway. I always think of it like lord of the rings film they're going up the mountain and there's fiery pit and it's really narrow but you just have to stick on that pathway and follow the guide you have to follow the guide mm. up the mountain and it is scary however many many people have done it before and there are tools in the book like it's really important that you do a full disclosure really important for both of them mm. there's things like celibacy and safety plans and partner service there's all these things but do them under the supervision of someone qualified someone who has worked in this don't just go to someone familiar although you're going to get grace you might not get truth you need both you need someone who's experienced in yeah. this and i really and part of my whole ministry is to do that legwork for you because it's really hard and there is an amazing christian recovery community out there that most people have no idea exists once you stick your head sort of under the water and see this recovery community and all these really amazing cool people who are on the other side of recovery it's life-changing it's yeah. liberating mm. so we've done all the legwork for you and we can point you in all the right directions yeah and that's really good Well, Aaron, go ahead and address the wife who has perhaps just learned her husband is addicted to pornography. How can she find ways to maintain some balance, some health um, after this shock and pain of learning her spouse's secret? Mm -hmm. It is, you know, it can feel devastating and more than likely it's going to shake her a bit. And so first and foremost, what I would encourage her is to just acknowledge what she's feeling um, getting real clear of, you know, gosh, I feel devastated. I feel rejected. I feel unsafe. I feel not good enough. You know, whatever it is, just to acknowledge it. And oftentimes as women, what we might do is judge what we're feeling. So I always say, take the judgment out. Just let your feelings be present exactly where you are. It doesn't mean you're going to stay there. Yeah. But part of the de-escalation process is acknowledging our emotion. It changes our brain activity. But then allow yourself to grieve. However that's going to look for you, you know, whether that's going to a counselor to grieve or journaling or, you know, spending time talking to God about the pain and the loss of what this means in the relationship and to your heart. So it's just, it's a process of, of acknowledging emotion and grieving, crying out to God. But then, you know, don't jump to any conclusions because it's very easy when we hear something like this to go, oh, I know what this means. And I bet this is why he did this. And, you know, I wasn't enough for him or I'm not good enough. But, you know, instead, just being aware of when we go to those places and, you know, the enemy would love for women to go there because absolutely that will keep you shut down. And, you know, and then it's looking at your spouse, like, where's their heart? Where are they at as far as healing? Are they heartbroken 
over their sin and are they willing to turn from it and get help? And because I think that is going to influence how this wife walks forward. And uh, Erin, if I'm not mistaken, you've written an article containing uh, some of this and much, much more in terms of wisdom and perspective. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And I believe they're going to put it in the show notes, yep. correct? We'll, we'll link over to it and make sure that you can find that. And um, I, I believe that that would be a great starting point for you. And it would be a good read, even if it's been some time since that kind of a, an addiction was confessed to you, because uh, to Aaron's point, the enemy of our souls is going to bring up all of these emotions and try to keep you off balance and out of intimacy at any level with your spouse. He wants to separate the two of you. And so please uh, stop by the show notes, uh, find that article, find um, other resources, including a free consultation with one of our caring Christian counselors. Um, they can be reached when you call 800, the letter A, and the word family. Uh, they'll set up a time to give you a call back. It's a free 20-minute consultation. I know it'll be helpful. And to go a little bit uh, deeper on this topic, look for Rosie McKinney's book at our website. Um, we have a copy of that. We'd be happy to send that to you. Make a donation today if you can and request Fight for Love. Ryan and Selena Frederick will be here next time to discuss praying for your spouse. And uh, in the meantime, I'm John Fuller. On behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, thanks for listening today to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.